0: There's the classics like Three Little Pigs, The Tortoise and the Hare, Little Red Riding Hood. Then there's the whole uh, Dr. Seuss series of books that are kind of weird, but, but they're fun, fun to read. Uh, our kids really enjoyed Goodnight Night Moon. It's been around forever. It's another classic children's book. And maybe for you it was something like Where the Wild Things Are or The Giving Tree, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. The wonky donkey, that was a fun one. My, my all-time favorite story growing up as a child that my parents would read to me was, was the story of Ferdinand the bull. You guys ever read that one? I loved it because it's this massive bull that would rather smell flowers than do the bullfight thing. And, and the, as the story goes, Ferdinand accidentally sat on a bee one day and goes crazy. And the matadors witness this and think, here is the champion bull. We're going to bring him into the ring and fight him. And he gets into the ring and Ferdinand just sits there smelling flowers and could not be goaded or prompted into fighting um, the, the matadors. I looked it up this week. That book was published in 1936, and by 1938, it was selling 3,000 copies a week, an amazing book. And as I grew up, that story just captured my heart because I would rather smell flowers than, than fight. You know what? Why do we love stories? Why do we like to read them to our kids? Why do we like, like to hear them? I mean, I like to tell stories. I, I talk for a living, so I'm always telling stories. You know, stories, they teach. Ones like the tortoise and the hare, the three little pigs, those teach things like responsibility and persistence and the consequences of foolishness. Some stories are designed to make us laugh like, like the wonky donkey. If you don't chuckle at that story, there's something wrong with you. Then there are stories that are meant to persuade. You know, Good Night Moon, for example. Every time I would crack that open with my kid, I was hoping and praying that they, that they would go to sleep reading Good Night Moon. Some were meant to influence, some are, are just there to impact us. That's what I love about stories. I think that's what we all love about stories. You know, Jesus, he likes stories. He he used them all the time in his teaching as he connected with people. He did so through stories. And there's some well-known stories in the Gospels. Here's some that might just ring a bell if you've heard them before. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. The story of the Good Samaritan. Or the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Beginning another story. Or one that wraps up, a wise man who built his house on a rock. Or another one, there there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. That's how Jesus just taught with the crowds. He used these stories, and the Bible calls them parables. Parables are just, uh, they're stories that compare to illustrate. The, the definition or the idea of a parable is that you lay two things side by side to compare it, and as you do, it's a teaching tool. And Jesus used them to drive home a point by illustrating something that was fam- familiar from everyday life. So he would use a lot of parables that people would connect to, that they would understand, that, that they would know what he's talking about. So he used them with his disciples. He used them um, with with the religious leaders as he was confronting them, he used them with the crowds of people that would gather around him, and he would use them in his debates time and time again. But quite often, Jesus would use parables to kind of jolt people out of complacency. For example, he told the story of a good Samaritan. For a Jewish mindset, those two words did not go together Samaritans were less than, they were lower people, they, they were not looked on with, with any type of you know, honor. And for Jesus to call it a good Samaritan would have got people's attention immediately. And in Matthew chapter 13, it tells us that he did not say anything without using a parable. So if you brought your Bibles today, let me encourage you to open up to Matthew 13 or open up your app, and, and we're going to look at some of the, a very well known parable now, if you took the time to read the whole chapter of Matthew 13 you would see this phrase over and over again that says the kingdom of heaven is like the kingdom of heaven is like and he would go on and tell parables to drive home the point of what life is like in the kingdom of heaven so he says the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast mixed in flour. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like a net cast into a lake. And everyone hearing those stories would have connected in some way, shape, or form. Because they were fishermen. They would spend time making dough. They would be out sowing the seeds and they would understand exactly what Jesus was talking about. And different parables to teach different aspects about God's kingdom and our life in the kingdom. So he would use these to talk about what the kingdom is like, what it's like to receive it, and what it's like to let it work in you and flourish in you. Well, one of his more well-known parables in Matthew 13 is a parable about some dirt, some soil. So we want to read today from Matthew 13. We're going to start in verse 1. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such a large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. And while all the people stood on the shore, then he told them many things in parables, saying, Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop. A crop a hundred, sixty, thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. You know, we we know the story as the parable of the sower, but I think sometimes it would better be titled the parable of the soils because it's really about what receives the seed. So what's being sown? Well, later in chapter 13, it tells us, uh, when Jesus explains it, he says, listen to what the parable of the sower means when anyone hears the message about the kingdom. So Jesus is talking about this gospel message reflecting the kingdom of God. And the, the message is going out it's going out no matter what the circumstances in our world, in our culture. The gospel is being preached because it tells us that the sower is Jesus and Jesus is getting the job done. What does change is the receptivity of the soil. So as, as the parable goes, some of the seed falls on the path where the seed doesn't take. Some falls on the rocks and there's no roots and it's short-lived and the first trouble that comes along kills it. Some falls on the thorns. It starts out well, but it doesn't produce any fruit. And then some falls on the good soil. It takes the seed in. It nourishes it. It grows and produces an abundant crop. And Jesus lived and moved and, you know, spent his time in an agricultural society. And when he told this parable, people would have been like, yeah, I totally understand what you're talking about. So he's connecting with people through this farming illustration to teach about the kingdom of God. But you know what? This parable is not about dirt. It's about the soil of our heart because the soil of our heart determines the fruit we produce. So when Jesus is talking about the path, he's he's talking about a hard heart, one that's just oblivious and impervious to the gospel. Like the gospel is preached and it just bounces right off. And when he's talking about the seed falling on the rocks, he's saying that's a shallow heart. Yeah, the seed might take, but as soon as troubles or difficulties, worries come up, it's gone. And the seed, the message of the kingdom that, that falls amongst the thorns, that's a strangled heart. Yeah, it might flourish for a time, but it's quickly distracted. It's quickly choked off by influences of the world. And then Jesus says the good soil, man, that's the fertile heart. The one that receives the the message and it's crop producing, it's maximum bushels, it's grain bin busting crop type of heart. It's life nourishing, it's life sustaining, it's fruit of the spirit filled kind of living. So I I ask you this morning, Journey, how, how do we get to that point? What, what does it take to maybe move from the hard heart into a fertile heart? A place that not only receives God's Word, but lets it, lets it flourish in us and out through us. How do we get to that kind of soil to put down deep roots and flourish? Well, we've got to realize that every one of us here today has a little dirt. We have a little soil. I mean, we all have the kind of heart that Scripture is talking about, and it's not the blood-pumping organ. In other words, we all have a response to the message of the kingdom, to the message of the gospel. We all have a response to God's word, and that's what this parable is driving home. We all respond to God's message, and our hearts vary. Some of our hearts are, are too hard, and we just have no interest. You know, we're just apathetic to the things of the Spirit. Some of our hearts are too troubled and we give excuses and we're worried about all the other stuff that life throws at us and we use those to step away from the life that God wants for us. Some of our hearts are just too distracted and we go through life thinking, yeah, I'll I'll get to church later, I'll I'll get to Jesus later because I'm busy with life, I'm busy with work, I'm busy with the kids' schedule and all the projects. I just don't have time for that right now. Or some of our hearts are welcoming and ready and responsive to receive it and that soil is ready to produce an incredible harvest, an incredible crop. You know, my, my, my lawn this summer, my yard, is just simply ugly. I mean, that's the best way I could describe my yard that happened over the summer. Soil is, is rock hard and I've watched the cracks in the lawn grow long and wide and deep. And the, the other day I was out watering some of our bushes trying to keep them alive and I thought I'm just going to stick the garden hose in this crack in my lawn and see what happens. Well after about 10, 10 minutes of nut, just water disappearing I realized that it's like trying to fill the Grand Canyon with a garden hose. It's not going to happen. I gave up. You know the grass is dormant, m- maybe dead. You know, but to my amazement, the weeds keep growing. I, I can't figure it out. We, weeds are flourishing, but the grass is dead. So instead of watering, I've now shifted just to praying for my lawn, you know. <laughs> I'm asking Jesus to, a, to do a resurrection on my grass. You know, cast out the demon weeds, do whatever he needs to do. Speak a word, let the crabgrass be gone. You know, cat, you know call forth the dead grass from the tomb, bring new life to it, just doing anything, praying that it comes back. So my, my lawn right now, my yard is too hard and too dry to grow anything. And sometimes our hearts are like that. We don't do those things necessary, you know, that we know can produce a crop and they get hard and these cracks. The separation occurs in our hearts from our lives To God so how do we get that fertile heart well we can cultivate our heart we can do a little cultivating so the gospel can take root you know what what is helpful for us here at journey is just a a clarity on what's really important and for us here what's really important is just being intentional about making disciples And this fall, we're we're stepping into some really intentional efforts on that through uh, an experience called Rooted. And Rooted can really break up the hard soil of our heart. It can clean up the weedy soil in our life. It can bring focus to cluttered soil. And it can fertilize open soil. Rooted is a 10-week discipleship experience designed to connect you with God, the church, and your purpose. It's really about pursuing Jesus together. It's about being a disciple or a follower of Jesus in community, in the context of community that we call life groups. That's what, what it's about. And I think Rooted can really leave you changed. What, some of the ways that Rooted cultivates our heart are through seven different r- rhythms And and these are just good rhythms to have in our life, you know, no matter what. These are things that keep us growing. One is, is daily devotions. I mean, that's just time in Scripture, time in the Word every day. Scripture is the very Word of God, and through it, He equips us with all that we need to learn about Him. So Rooted has a daily rhythm of spending time in Scripture. Another rhythm that is healthy for us is prayer establishing that daily communication with our Father, and that's all that prayer is, communicating with our Father, engaging in conversations, sharing our hearts, spending time listening to Him. Another healthy habit that rooted brings us is repentance. It's not, not a fun word that we want to talk about, but that just means that we are acknowledging sin in our life and turning from it and back towards God. And God's saving grace is, is once for all of us and it's this continual invitation then to, to always turn back towards him. A, another rhythm that Rooted has uh, for us and just healthy living is sacrificial generosity. And that just talks about what, what does it look like to be to trust God with all of our resources. And giving demonstrates our dependence on God. And then there's this idea of serving, serving the community, and that's taking the focus off of ourselves, taking the focus off of this building and what happens within the walls, and actually being able to go beyond ourselves and serving others out in the community and in our county and northeast Nebraska. Sharing our faith story is another rhythm that we find and Rooted. That's just talking about being able to talk about what God is doing in your life. And I think there's probably some of you in the room here today that have never really shared your faith story with somebody else. And part of Rooted is just learning how to do that and sharing our story in a safe place where it's judgment-free and just allowing us to communicate what God has done in our life. And the last rhythm that Rooted has for us is, is worship. Just a lifestyle of being a Jesus follower. That's what worship is. It's not just singing songs on Sunday morning. It's that lifestyle of worshiping him. So Rooted covers this over 10 weeks. We, we cover the, these topics, and it's going to be a, a discipleship experience that cultivates that healthy heart. For us here at Journey, it's going to kick off next Sunday night and, and run for 10 Sundays, or 10 weeks rather. And if you can't make it this time around, we're going to offer it again in January. But I just want to encourage you to prayerfully consider signing up for Rooted and allowing that to cultivate a fertile heart in your life. But, but I don't want you just to hear it from me. I've, I've asked Bob Liska to come this morning and just share what Rooted has meant for him. So, Bob, come on up. I wanted to take more notes before I did this. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Pastor Dave. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Bob Liska, and uh, I was part of the pilot group uh, last winter with uh, Brooke and, and Adam Yuck and I and, uh, just wanted to share uh, my experience uh, and some acquaintances that I had. Now I now call friends, and so glad that we went through that together. So, so thank you for that. Um, I've been coming to this church for about 20 years, And whether you're new to this church or been coming for 20 years or you've been coming to this church for 50 years, uh, Rooted is for you. And uh, some of you know that I'm a research agronomist. I get kind of corny, pardon the pun, with regards to the things that I do. And just walking in here today, I had four separate conversations on raising a crop and what we need to be doing, whether it's irrigation or fertilizing or whatever it may be. Uh, Russ Allen, I know you're here somewhere. Where are you, Russ? Glad you're here, too, because we could talk for hours just on what it takes to uh, raise a successful crop. But with all the questions that you get lambasted at you, with with whether you're in your normal Christian life or whether you're trying to produce a crop, it all boils back to those roots. And whether you're um, planting that crop you have to start with a very solid foundation. Uh, You have to feed that crop. You have to use the right kind of fertilizer. You have to place it properly. You have to protect that crop, just like the villains of the weeds. um, The crop has many villains of weeds, diseases, and insects. And there's many tools that we can put in place to protect that crop. It's also about the genetics. Why why is this field greener than that field? Why is that one brown? Why is that one tall? And the genetics play a role into it, but it is truly all about the roots. And if you take all those steps properly, you have a very good chance of having a successful crop. This program, Rooted, is very much the same. But instead of planting and planting and nurturing and cultivating that crop. This is a short course, 10 weeks of deepening your relationship with Christ and each other, all of us. Pastor Dave is preaching on some of the core values of Rooted, those seven different rhythms. And just like local producers doing what they need to do to create good roots, those seven different rhythms will help you, will help us create our own roots. You'll find that this rooted course will provide you the experience that you may be looking for if you're, if you're a new Christian or if you're out seeking, wondering what, what this journey church is all about or what Christian faith is all about. This course will also help you to get back on track if you've been struggling. The last two, three years, everybody has struggled, some (coughs) form or fashion. This is something to help get you back on track. This is also a refresher course. If you're mature in your faith, you feel good about where you're at as a Christian, this is a good refresher just to feel good about what we're doing here at Journey. The last thing I'd like to leave with you was up on the, on the uh, screen there a little while ago was to grow deep, live strong, mm. and sign up for Rooted.
0: Amen. Thank you, Bob. <coughs> you know, wh- whether you're young or old, single or married, with children, without children, I want to encourage you to, to put down those deep roots. And, and Rooted is a way to do that. You know, it's, it's a 10-week commitment, and you just might fall in love with your rooted group and decide to stay together as a life group. If this fall doesn't work for you, consider uh, signing up again and being a part of the January session. So how do, you, how do you sign up? You can go to our website at jccwayne.org. You can stop by the table and scan the QR code, or you can just talk to Brooke and Adam at the table today. Really what it comes down to journey is community. I want to encourage you to step into community, into a community with your heavenly Father and Jesus, his Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to step into a relationship with Jesus, Jesus ended this parable of the sower or the parable of the soils with a challenge. He doesn't just end it talking about dirt. He he wraps it up in verse 8 when he says, this other seed fell on good soil, as we talked about, where it produces a crop, a hundred, sixty, thirty times what was sown. And then catch the last words, whoever has ears, let them hear. This is one way of saying, you know, whoever has ears, let him or her respond favorably to what was just heard. So, Journey, how's your hearing? How's your hearing doing? You know, the gospel message is before us. We can read it in the Bible. We can read it on our app. We hear it preached on our in sermons you know we talk a lot about jesus around here at journey well the call has gone out to be a disciple to be a follower of jesus and to go on and make other disciples the call has gone out to live our life in the kingdom of heaven i'm going to invite the praise team back up this morning you know this matthew chapter 13 it teaches us a lot about life in the kingdom as like I said at the beginning, it's always saying the kingdom of heaven is like. See, Jesus calls us not to be just members of a church, but to live life under his kingship, in his kingdom. And the kingdom has two parts. It has the king who leads, and second of all, it has people who follow. And the biblical word for that is a disciple. Somebody who acknowledges that Jesus is in control, that he is Lord, that he is king, and that they follow his teachings day after day. So if you have ears to hear, the invitation today is to become a disciple of Jesus. So what does that look like? It means saying yes to Jesus and becoming a lifelong learner and follower of him. Journey, the soil of our hearts determines the fruit that we produce. And it's my prayer that your your life produces fruit that points other people back to Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for this parable of the sower, the parable of the soils. It just reminds us what our heart and where our heart needs to be. So, Father, may you work in our lives to soften our hearts. And may our hearts be open to your word in such a way that it produces a crop a hundred times what was given so that we can point others to you. So, Lord, we pray this in your name. Amen. Let's stand together.